Thank you for tuning in to the latest message from Island Church, Dundalk. I'm so glad that we can gather together in the middle of our week, just as Nadine was saying at the start, just to refuel and give this time to him, to dedicate this time to him. Just church, and that's what I, oh, I just felt that so strong in my spirit, just as we were worshiping there, was that hunger, the hunger. See, sometimes we limit what, what God can do for us because we're not hungry enough. We're not hungry enough for his presence. We, we stop ourselves from receiving from him. He's not, he's not keeping anything from you, but see, your hunger, your hunger for his presence, your hunger for his word, that's going to be the deciding factor of what your life looks like. Amen. You have to be desiring him. He has to be your, your only desire. There's no room for anything else because when anything else is there, when you're giving yourself to something else, it's, you're not giving everything to him. You're not giving everything to him. And he desires, he desires intimacy. He desires just to be closer to us than our skin. Amen. He loves us, church, that much. And I'm so thankful. I'm so thankful for Jesus. I'm so thankful. God is so, so good. So, so good. You know, oh, just his anointing. The presence is just so sweet in this place and you know we we've already received from his spirit amen we're going to continue to receive from his spirit throughout the evening but now we're going to also receive from his word who's ready to receive from the word this evening who's ready to hear what the lord has to say amen his word church his word it's it, it never changes in a world around us that is so it, it's so unpredictable we have a constant in God's word. It never changes. It'll never pass away. Heaven and earth will pass away, but his word will stand forever. So what are you standing on? What are you allowing to be the absolute authority in your life? It has to be his word. It has to be his word. We have to be present seekers. His presence and his word are what's going to change your life. Amen. So I'm going to share with you tonight about, I, I want to pick up where we left off, the last Wednesday refuel service that I, that I was teaching. And we were looking at the importance of staying connected. And we just came on off the back of teaching a series on the real you. And you know what, church? It's so important to get a revelation of who you really are in Christ what your identity is, where, what is available to you. Because it's very difficult to, make, to, let, to allow anything else to make sense without understanding these things. And we were, so we spent many, many weeks talking about this, and this is the direction that the Lord led me in, was to talk about our connection to him. And, it's a, and we have a responsibility in staying connected. Amen. So the Lord was really wanting to show me and revealing to me that, you know, the importance of a healthy progression. We should be pressing forward in, in Christ, not going backwards. Amen. We should all be progressing spiritually. We should all be maturing spiritually. Amen. It's, we shouldn't be stagnant. We shouldn't be parking ourselves where we're at because it comes back to that word desire again. If you're parked where you're at, there's no desire to press in deeper. There's no desire to find out more. There's always deeper levels. There's always more of him. You never fully arrive. Amen. One day we get to be in glory with him. One day we will receive our glorified bodies. And that which, is, that which, is, that which we only know in part, all will be revealed. But church, right now while we're living on this earth, you never can get enough word. You can never get enough of his presence. You can never receive enough from his spirit. There's always more. And he's willing to pour out more. But that's when we need to shift those desires and shift our focus. So unfortunately, many go backwards. Many stay where they're at. 
and it stops them from progressing. It, steps, it stops them from pressing forward and laying, laying hold, grabbing hold of what God has for them. Why is this? And I believe it is, some, it is because somewhere along the line, there was a connection problem. They stopped receiving from the source. They stopped drawing their nourishment and their life from him because he is our source of life. He is our source of nourishment. If we're not connected to him, we aren't receiving from him. So when we stop producing fruit, it's time to check your connectors. Amen? It's time to go check your connection. Are we still hooked up to the supply? Because you know what, church? A healthy spiritual life should be bearing much fruit. A healthy spiritual life should be bearing much fruit. You know, that's, it's always a good indication. You know, the Bible tells us in Matthew chapter 7 and verse 20, every tree will be known by its fruit. That's how the world will know us. They'll know us by our fruit. How are we supposed to point other people to Jesus? How are we supposed to be beacons of light in a very dark world if we look like everybody else? If we're not producing the God kind of fruit? And the only way we're going to produce that fruit is if we're connected to him. Amen? If, we're, if, that, if that source, if we're receiving from the source... So, you see, and the reason why I say, you know, the world will know us by our fruit. It's very easy to know the right words to say. And you, ha you often hear me say that before. You know, we can turn on a certain vocabulary around a certain type of people. We know sometimes the good things to say. You know, we know what's, what people want to hear. But what you act out and what you produce will indicate where you're at spiritually. What you act out and what you produce will indicate where your source, if you're connected to the source. You know, you will produce what you believe. You will always produce what you believe. If you don't like what you're producing in your life, if you don't know what, if you don't like what your life looks like right now, change what you believe. Because you will always produce what you believe. And you say, well, I, oh, well, I do believe what the word says. I do believe this and I do believe that. But see, it's not just knowing, it's not enough just to know the truthfulness of something because faith will always produce a corresponding action. So if you truly believe something, it doesn't matter what your circumstances look like, you know what the word says and you know that's, that's it. It's set, it. God said it, that settles it. Amen. So we know that the real you is your spirit man. We covered these things. When that connection to your spirit is turned on, the fruit of your born-again spirit will begin to flow out. You don't have to force it. It just flows out of you. It just comes out when you're connected to the source. When, you're con when that switch in your spirit man is turned on, what's on the inside of you can flow out. You know, and you often hear, I shared that in the last series that I taught here was about spirit, soul, and body. That's such a foundational topic that Every believer needs to understand there's three parts to us. You, ha we've a, you know, you have a spirit, you have a soul, and we live in a physical body, right? Your soul, which is your mind, your will, and your emotions, is what connects your spirit and your body. So if that, if there's, if that connection is turned off between your spirit and your body, what's in your spirit, which is the same power that raised Jesus from the dead, is in your spirit, man. And see, many times we don't believe that because we don't feel it. It's not about what you feel. It's about the word says it, so that's, that's it. Amen? It's in, my, it's in your spirit, man. How to get that on the outside is that connection, that valve has to be turned on so what's in your spirit, man, can flow out into your physical body. It's just like that with healing. Healing is on the inside of you. How to get it out into your physical body, you need to make sure that it's turned on. How do you turn that connection in your soul on? You renew your mind with the word of God. You continually renew your mind and what's in, in your spirit will line up with what's, what's in what your soul will then line up with your spirit and then it'll flow out to your physical body. So these things are very important to understand. The fruit that's in your spirit, man, if you're born again, you have the fruit of the spirit. You may not be operating in it. It needs to grow in your life, but it's in there. And the more you yield to the spirit, the more you're walked by the spirit and you're led by the spirit, the more that, that fruit will begin to flow out. You don't have to force it. It just flows. The connection is on. It's turned on. The switch is on. 
So last week we talked, last time we talked about there, there can only be fruit when the connection, when there is a connection to a source of life. Life is what brings forth fruit. We should be producing good fruit in our lives. Church, we're called to be image bearers. Do we understand what that means? We're called to be image bearers. Whose image are we supposed to bear? Jesus. Which means we're supposed to look more and more like him, not less and less like him. So unless you're progressing spiritually, you're not going to look like him. You're not, his character is not going to be coming out through you. Unless you have an intimate relationship with him. Unless you know him on a personal level. Not just knowing him, knowing of him, but knowing him. There's a difference. There is a difference. We're called to be image bearers, to look and act like Jesus. You know, God doesn't want us to just have the appearance of godliness on the outside. But when you strip it all back, it's just artificial and fake. And, you know, last time I gave that example of a Christmas tree. You know, you can, you can buy a Christmas tree, an artificial one, and decorate it, and it can look fantastic in your home. It can look really, really nice, but it's not alive. It's dead. It's dead. You can cut a real tree down, put it in your home, decorate it, and it can, love, it can look lovely, but the minute that that was disconnected from its root, it died. There's no life in it. See, you can look good on the outside. You can have the appearance of godliness, but when you strip everything back, do you really look like Jesus? What are you really producing? You know, 2 Timothy chapter 3 talks about such people. In verse 5, it tells us that there will be some that are talking about in the last days and, and the, you know, that there'll be a fall in a way, but it talks about people will have the appearance of godliness but deny its power. It says to avoid such people. They claim to have a respect or a reverence for God but they want nothing to do with his power. They don't want to be in his presence. They don't desire to be with him. You can have the appearance of godliness, but it, it can be phony. And that's not what God desires for us. He wants us to be the real deal. So we're to be so engulfed with his presence that his power can freely flow. It's in his presence, church, where his power can flow. So that's where we need to be dwelling. That's what Psalm 91 is about. We claim Psalm 91. We pray his protection over our lives. We pray these things, you know, that no wickedness, no plague, no evil shall befall us. No wicked plan from a wicked man or the devil himself will ever be able to prosper against us. But we forget about the verse one in that chapter where it says, those who dwell in the secret place of the Almighty. Where are you dwelling? Are you coming to dwell in the secret place on a Sunday, but you're not there from a Monday to a Saturday? It's about what you're desiring. What are you are desiring? We grow and we mature as we get to know him more and more. That's when we grow and mature. So God wants us to, like, when I was looking at these things, church, and before we get to our scripture, you know, God continually wants to refresh us. You know, and that word refreshment kept coming up in my spirit while I was looking at these things this week. Refreshment. And, you know, when you think of refreshment, you know, we think of water. You know, water refreshes us, water cleanses us. And you know, it just, it made me smile because the word of God tells us that his spirit and his word, it likens them both to water. How do we, how do we get to a place where we can progress spiritually? How do we get to a place where we can keep that connection tightly secure? not weak. You stay in his word and you keep yourself receiving from his spirit. You know, it, they're like waters that wash and refresh us. John 4 and verse 14 says, the water that we receive becomes a fountain of water springing up into eternal life. That's our salvation. It's like a well on the inside of us and it springs up to eternal life. It's likened to water. John 7 and verse 38 says, he who believes in me out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. His spirit should be flowing out of us, church. When we're filled up with his spirit, when we're filled with the Holy Spirit, it flows out of us like rivers of living water. In Ephesians 5 and verse 26, it says that he might sanctify and cleanse her, which is the church, which is you and I, with the washing of water by his word. His word, like it washes over us like water 
cleanses us, refreshes us. You know, when we stay plugged into him, his spirit and his word will continually refresh us, get us ready for what's coming. A tree or a plant. You know, when I, I use this example, um, the last time I was spoken about this was about a tree. It's the best way to try and explain some of these things. But a tree and a plant needs water in order to survive. But where does it soak up the water from? From the root, from the point of connection. That's where it soaks the water from. If that point of connection is disconnected, if you're disconnected from the source, there's no refreshment. There's no life flowing up. You know, and many times we want to produce certain things in our life. We want, cert- we want our lives to look a certain way, but we're not willing to look after the connection. We're not, we're not given the time to making sure we're staying connected to the right place. So the scripture that we've been studying out, and we looked at a few things in it last week, and I'm gonna, or last time, I'm going to finish it, or go through, endeavor to finish it here this evening. In Colossians 2, verse 6 to 7, it says, As you therefore have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him, rooted, built up, and established in the faith, as you have been taught, abounding in it with thanksgiving. You know, the Holy Spirit, through this portion of scripture, continues to speak so much to me. Every time I go to it, it's like there's more and more and more been revealed to me. It's a powerful verse, a powerful portion of scripture. As you therefore have received Christ, so walk in him. So this alone has so much in it that we need to understand, church. You know, so many people walk away from the way they first believed. So many people, like this is what I'm saying about, you know, uh, we're not progressing spiritually. We're either staying where we are or we're going in another direction. So many people are walking away from where they first believed. So what is lacking? What is lacking is what the scripture says, goes on to say. It says the root system and the building structure are weak. We need to keep the root system strong, built up and established, rooted in him. They must be solely and completely in Jesus. You know, we come to Jesus through faith. This is where we receive our justification, is through faith. So we need to continue to walk in him by faith, producing what we believe. You'll always produce what you believe, remember that. So if we believe in him, trust in him, commune with him, his life will flow out of us. His life will flow out of us. You know, John 14 and verse 6, it says, you know, Jesus is saying to Thomas here, you know, he's just after saying to his disciples, you know, I'm, I'm going to be going soon, boys. I'm going to be leaving here soon. I'm going to go and prepare a place for you. And because I have prepared that place for you, I'm going to come back and receive you onto me. You know, in my house, there are many mansions. I'm going to go and prepare one for you. Then I'm going to come back and take you with me. You know, and they start speaking up and they say, you know, but Lord, how do we know... We don't know where you're going, so how will we be able to find you? What did Jesus say? I am the way. I am the truth. And I am the life. Nobody comes to the Father except through me. Church, he is the life. He is our source. He is the only way. Amen? He is your life. Stay close to him. Don't distance yourself from him. He desires for us to be near him at all times. And you know, um, in Colossians 2, that verse that we just read out, I love it here because what it says, it's talking about being in complete union with him. And when you're in complete union with him, you're reflecting his character in everything that you do. Everything that you do and you say, and you live your life by leading others away from sin. The Amplified Classic says, that, says it that way. It says, when you are in union with him, your character, his character will flow out of you. When you're connected to him, his life will flow out of you. And you will look like him in everything that you say and that you do. As believers, church, that's what we should be desiring. That's what we should be wanting our lives to look like, is to look like him, not ourselves. Amen? 
living a life of faith in what he's done for us. By doing this, by walking in union with him, by living a life of faith, this is what we will produce. We reflect his character, which comes out of us. What are you producing? You know, it goes on to say in Colossians 2 and verse 7, we're to be rooted and built up in him. So we already looked at those two things and I don't have time to recap them all, okay? But in order to go on to establish, which is what I want to look at here tonight, is, you know, in order to be established in the faith, like it says in this verse, you must first be rooted and built up in him. Okay, and we give that example really quickly of being rooted like that tree. You know, in order for a tree to stand tall, in order for a tree to be able to withstand the storms of life, the circumstances that come to try and, and shake and rock it and uproot it, it has to have a good root system. Where is that root system to be found? In Christ. In order for us to be built up in him. We use that example of those skyscrapers. You know those really tall buildings that have layer after layer. After layer after layer. Without the foundation being strong. That building won't stand. The taller the building. The higher you want to go. The more you need to put into your foundation. The deeper the foundation needs to go. You know you, you look at those big tall trees. Some of them can grow hundreds of feet. It's the root system. What you see on the outside is not the whole tree. There's a very strong, substantial root system underneath holding that tree in place. And you see it going for, for miles, coming up over through tarmac roads and everything. Roots are so powerful. Where are your roots? They need to be in Jesus. So in order to be established in the faith, you must first be rooted and built up in him. You can't build on a weak foundation. You know, praise God, we looked at Jesus as our cornerstone. Praise God, we can build upon him. He is our sure foundation, church. You know, the Bible um, talks about, you know, when you build your house upon a sand, it's not gonna stand. It's shaky land. You know, when the sea comes, it's gonna crumble underneath. But when you build your house upon a rock, which is a firm, a firm foundation, you know, it's not gonna be moved. It's stable, it's secure. Jesus is our rock. So, you know, when I think of established, I think of a fortress, something that's not easily penetrated, something that can't easily, cannot be easily breached. It has a good reputation and it has maturity. We should be fortresses in Christ. Amen. That's what we should look like, that we cannot be breached by the things of this world. When you establish yourself in something, it usually means that you're doing it for a while. Amen. It means that you're doing it for a while. It means that it has, you know, it's, it's proved things out. You know, it's been around the block. It's tested things. You have become established in the faith. Consistency is key, church. You know, if, if you're consistent in your walk with God, maintaining that spiritual connection at all times, you will progress. Maturity will come. And when that connection is there, you know, it's not something that you can choose to do now and again. You know, it's not something that you can just decide to, to show up every once in a while or, you know, to say, oh, I'm, I'm going to press in. And I talked about some of these things on Sunday about, you know, it's very easy to serve God when you need something. But, you know, when success hits or you receive what you've been believing for, are you going to remain faithful? Are you going to remain faithful? It's not just about pressing in when you need something. Pressing in because you feel like you don't have any other option. Oh God, I'm going to turn to you now because I've exhausted every other avenue. And then we wonder why it's so difficult. We wonder why life is so, such a task. Because we're not, we're not going to him. We're not dwelling where we should be. He's not our first port of call. He's not where we're turning to. So the same way you first believe, church, it has to be a lifestyle. It's a faith walk. The same way you first believe, continue to walk in him. There'll always be an expression of your faith. There'll always be something, there'll always be a production. If you're up and you're down and you're all over the place, it is because you need to address some things on the outside. If you look very shaky on the outside, you feel insecure or unstable, you need to address some things on the inside. You need to look at that connection. What do you believe in? What is your faith in? 
You know, the word tells us here that it should be in Christ. Colossians 2, 7 says in, um, you know, to have the roots of your being firmly and deeply planted in him, fixed and founded in him, being continually built up in him, becoming increasingly more confirmed and established in the faith. Church, it's an ongoing process. Like I said at the beginning, there's no, oh, I've, I've reached the point of arrival now. I'm there, I can stop doing my part. There's, it's a continual process, getting established in him. There's not a point where you stop pressing in. You know, there's a characteristic that I want to talk about, about being established, and that's maturity. You know, in order to carry out what you're destined to do, you must first get to a place of spiritual maturity and growth. This is what the Lord has been showing me through all of this. People don't get to where they need to be because the progress has stopped. You come to a halt. You stop seeking. You stop desiring. You know, and it's not, a, it's not always a, you know, purposeful thing, something that you're aware that you're doing, but then you just, you know, you subtly, the enemy works, he tries to do it subtly, church. He tries to put desires here or there to see will it steal your gaze. You give your time to something else here and something else there, and then before you know it, a lot of your time has been eaten up by other things, and you're not in communion with him all the time. It's stopping you from receiving from him. That nourishment is, there's a blockage there. Make sure there's no blockages. Make sure that everything is freely flowing. Freely flowing. They get to a certain point of spiritual growth, maybe when they receive what they've been asking for, park themselves where they're at. It's dangerous. This can lead to a disconnect and the source of power gets, off, gets cut off. God's word is what will bring maturity in your life. The more you meditate on it and feed from it, the more you will receive from it. It'll bring maturity, you know, but the word is also very clear. It's very clear on what maturity is, Okay? In Romans chapter 8 and verse 14, it says, For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. In the Passion Translation, it says, The mature sons of God, maturity, are those that are led by the impulses of the Holy Spirit. So what is maturity? It's, when it's your ability to be led by His, by His Spirit. It's your sensitivity to be able to hear from his spirit. So when he says to do something, you can do it. It's not about, mem- it's not about oh, I, can, I memorized hundreds of scriptures. I know the word. And that will benefit you. But that's not what maturity looks like. I sat in church for, uh, I, I, oh, I'm mature because I sat in church for 20 years. I've been going to church for 30 years. I've been going to church for a lot longer than what you were born. That's not what maturity is. Maturity is your, whether you've been led by his spirit or not. The Greek word for sons here is weos. You know, it is by birth or adoption that we're reborn as his sons and daughters. You know, it emphasizes likeness of the believer to the heavenly father, which is resembling his character more and more by living in faith. When I looked at that definition, I was like, wow, that's exactly what I've just been talking about. When you're in union with him, you will, look, you will start displaying his character. What way are we to continue to walk in him? By faith. We came to him by faith. We're to continue to walk by faith. Resembling his character more and more as you live by faith. Spiritual maturity means you get to the place where you begin to look like him. This ties in with, with what I've been just saying. Like I said, you know, you, know, you become more and more like Jesus when you're led by his spirit because, you know, and we looked at those things many, many, um, or a few months back where I was saying spirit versus flesh. You know, one is going to lead you to life. One is going to lead you to death. When, you're, when you partake of the flesh, when you partake of the lusts of the flesh, sin always produces death in your life. Amen? We're to be led by his spirit. We're to be doing what his spirit's telling us to do. That is a sign of maturity. You know, it goes on to say in these things in Colossians 2, 7, just going back to that scripture, as you have been taught, you know, we're not to stray from the truth. You know, that, that's what Paul was dealing with here when he was writing to the Colossians, when he was writing to this church. This is what he was dealing with. They were straying from the truth. They were straying from the way they had first been taught. 
They were going back to works. They were going back to traditions. They were going back to, you know, what the world says about these things instead of continuing in faith. And see, what happens when you, when you go a different way, you'll start producing that because there'll always be an expression of your faith that you'll always produce what you believe. So if you stop believing in him, if, you're stop, if you stop walking in faith, you're going to produce the opposite of what he has for you. You know, we're not to get led away, deceived, cheated by other people. And this is what the scripture goes on to say. You know, who were teaching worldly principles outside of the gospel of Jesus. We're to continue by faith in Jesus and nothing else. And in verse, because in verse 9, further on down, it says, For in him dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily, and you are complete in him who is the head of all principality and power. Church, anything that is outside of Jesus Christ will disconnect you. If you start connecting yourself to anything else outside of him, it will cause you to be disconnected from him. And he is our source of nourishment and life. In him dwells the fullness of God. So what does that mean? It means we are completely filled with God as Christ's fullness overflows in us. Amen. We have his fullness on the inside of us. It overflows on the inside of us. Amen. Isn't that good news? Don't be deceived into straying away to anything else other than your faith in him. You know, so Paul was likening growth in the Lord to a tree, just like we've been, we've been using a tree to kind of show what, I, what, what, what we've been talking about. The seed being planted is just the first step. You know, you don't get an oak tree overnight. The seed is just the first step. Much growth has to take place before the tree is firmly established and is able to withstand from the outside forces. Amen? The Bible talks about the seed of God's word being incorruptible. That is the seed that you're going to want to plant in your life. It doesn't go bad. It doesn't return void. Let me say that again. It doesn't return void. You say, oh, well, I tried that. It doesn't work. The problem was you, not the word. The word never fails. The problem is not God. Okay, so somewhere along the line, there's a connection problem. Somewhere along the line, there was a faith problem. There was a belief problem. Amen? Because it's, everything is there. All we have to do is receive it by faith. Continue to walk in him as, way, as the way we first believed. That's by faith. So much growth has to take place. And that's what we're talking about, spiritual progression. It is not enough for Christian church to just believe and not grow. It's not enough to just believe and not grow. Oh, it's okay, I believe that's true, but I'm, I'm happy where I'm at because when I, in order to grow, challenge comes. In order to grow, the flesh starts getting poked. Things start getting said to you through the Holy Spirit. The word will start poking and prodding at things that you don't want to address, that you don't want to deal with. It's all part of growth because, church, we can spiritually progress if we're yielding to those things. That's why he's pointing them out to you. That's why he shows us things. We all need pruning. We all need refining. Amen. It's not enough to not progress spiritually. You won't produce anything fruitful in the kingdom unless you yield yourself to growth. You won't produce anything fruitful. Remember, you'll know, you're been known by your fruit. And that's just been so, you know, so I'm just so conscious of those things. I'm just thinking about those things and meditating on those things that when I stand before Jesus, church, each and every one of us are going to stand before him. But when we stand before him and he says, what did you do with what I give you? Did you bear much fruit? Did you, did you ask to do what I, did, did you do what I asked you to do? Yes, you knew my word, but what did you do with it? What was produced from it in your life? That's what he's going to look at. 
is what fruit you're producing, what you're doing for the kingdom, what you're doing for the Great Commission. Amen. So we need to grow to the point where our faith will be steadfast and sure. Then you will be able to stand against any deception or attacks that are trying to lead you away from the one true source. That is what the enemy will try, always try and do. He tries to lead you away from the place where you receive your power, your strength, and your life. That's what Paul is writing to these people about. This is why he's concerned about them, because they're straying from the faith. They're straying from where they first believed, and that's going to leave them very vulnerable. Church, you're, we, are, we are vulnerable when we disconnect from the source. We're vulnerable when we stop receiving from, his Holy, from the Holy Spirit and from his word. We disconnect because we're not getting nourished. We're not, the life is not there. When you're cut from a source, it's dead. You may look a certain way, you may speak a certain way, but you need to get reconnected to your, to your source. You know, and Paul was writing this over 2,000 years ago to this church, and it's so apt today. It is such a message for the church today. Too many people are receiving from the wrong source. So at the end, um, you know, at the end of verse 7, and I want to just, I want to talk about this, and I'll finish with this point, but it talks about, um, as you have been taught, right, abounding in it with thanksgiving, abounding in it with thanksgiving. When you operate in thanksgiving, you abound in faith. When you operate in thanksgiving, you abound in faith. Thanksgiving is a vital part of your faith. In Philemon chapter 1 and verse 6, and this is one of my favorite verses, I shared this a couple of weeks ago, that the sharing of your faith may become effective by the acknowledgement of every good thing which is in you in Christ Jesus. Church, our faith begins to operate, it begins to work and abound when you acknowledge the good things that are inside of you in Christ Jesus. The good things, the what he's placed on the inside of you, when you thank him for that, when you acknowledge those things, your faith abounds. When you thank him, when you praise him for what he's done for you, your faith is effective. This is why I said about this, is I wanted to lead on from what I had spent weeks and weeks and weeks talking about, about the real you, about what's on the inside of you. Because when you know the good things that's in you, your faith becomes effective when you acknowledge him, when you praise and thank him for what's in you. We need to get a revelation of these things in order to build upon them, church. Faith is never complete until there's thanksgiving. Faith is never complete until there is thanksgiving. You can, you can always be thankful when you know what's already yours in Jesus Christ. See, it doesn't matter what it looks like. What way are we, are we to live? Hebrews chapter 11. Is faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. We're not to walk by sight, we're to walk by faith. Calling those things which be not as though they are. Amen. Stop looking at your circumstances, stop looking what it looks like, and acknowledge the good things that's inside of you, and your faith will become effective. So you can always be thankful when you know what's already yours. You don't have to wait to see something. Faith is your evidence. That's what it says. Faith is the evidence. It's a substance of things. Hope for the evidence of things not seen. Faith is your evidence. Stop looking for evidence. Oh God, I believe you. I believe you. I believe you. And then you're looking for a manifestation in order to know that you've received your healing. That's not faith. That's not faith. When you're looking for a manifestation, that's not faith. The manifestation will come when you believe, when faith is your evidence. Stop looking for the proof in the natural. The word of God is your proof. The word of God is your proof. That is your proof. That is what is your evidence. If you're waiting to see it or feel it, it's an inferior faith. Your faith, your faith is phony. It's phony. You know, if you were given a brand new car, if I come in here this evening and I give you the keys to, you know, a brand new 2022 car, 
and I handed them to you with the title deed that had your name on it, what would be your response? You wouldn't say no thank you and go out with a sour face. You would receive it with gladness. You would be thankful. There would be thankfulness. Why would there be thankfulness? Because it's a product of what you've received. See, if you believe that you already have something, thanksgiving will flow. Thanksgiving will flow. You receive something that you didn't have before. I handed you the keys of a brand new car. Now that, now that you know that it's yours, you're, you're, you can thank me for it or be thankful for it. Do you know what's yours in Christ? Do you know healing is yours? Do you know prosperity is yours? Do you know breakthrough is yours? Do you know a sound mind is yours? Peace is yours? Joy is yours? Do you know these things are yours? Oh, but I don't feel it. Do you know that they're yours? You're not feeling it because you don't know they're yours. You think they're not in there. That's why you don't feel it. Start praising him for it. Start thanking him for it. What did Paul and Silas do in the, in a, in the middle of a prison cell? They praised God. Their circumstances were telling them to do anything but, but they praised God. And what happened? Their circumstances changed. Thanksgiving to God comes first. You will not receive what you're believing for without first praising God for it. Your thanksgiving and praise are an expression of your faith. This, they are what your faith produces. Remember what it says in James chapter 2 and verse 26. Faith without works is dead. It's dead. So a thanksgiving is, a, is, a, is, a, a, is, is an action that is produced from your faith. Lord, I'm believing you for this, so now, therefore, I know that it's mine. I know what your word says. I am praying according to your will and to your word. I know that you're faithful. I know that you hear me when I pray. When I pray according to your word and to your will, I know that you, it's mine. I know, Lord, I have received these things. So now I'm going to praise you for it. You're not going back to God every day in prayer, begging and pleading for him to give it to you waiting for the manifestation. That's not faith either. That's doubt and unbelief because you still believe that you haven't received it. You ask for it in faith, you believe, and then you start thanking him for it. Then, church, it is going to manifest in the physical. <clears throat> Thanksgiving is a vital part of your faith. Without praise to God, your faith is incomplete. And as we live our lives thanking God, in advance, by faith, that's when our faith abounds and becomes effective. Amen? That's what it's saying in Colossians chapter 2. As you've been taught, abounding in it with thanksgiving. Abounding in what? In faith. As you have first believed, continue to walk in him. How, what is that? In faith. You have to be in faith. Thanksgiving to God is a way that we can ensure our connection remains strong. Because faith doesn't need to wait until something is proved out in the natural. The word has already done that, like we said. Therefore, it has to be the final authority in your life. It's easy to praise God when your faith is secure in him. Because when your faith is secure in him, your circumstances won't move you. So your praise will just flow. When you're rooted, when you're built up, when you're established, thanksgiving will flow naturally. As the church, our desire should be to stay connected and join together in union with, with, with Jesus. That is our desire. Through intimacy, our faith grows. Church, I want to know what pleases him. I want to know what's in his heart. I want him to reveal more of his heart to me. That's what I pray. That is what my prayer is. Lord, I want more of you. I want to know you more. A relationship works both ways. You can know somebody a lot, like you can read up a lot about me or a certain individual or whatever, and you could come and read a load of facts about me to my face, and you say, yes, I know you, but I have no clue who you are. There's no intimacy. See, you can know a lot about God and his word, but that doesn't mean you're intimate. That doesn't mean that connection is there. There has to be intimacy and his word is a, is a way that you can get that connection and his presence and his spirit. When you, when you combine all of these things and when your desire is for him and to please for him and to live for him, that's when that connection is healthy. That's when the nourishment, the life, the power, the 
Everything flows up from him right in through you. His desire is for his old body, his whole body. That's us. He is the head. We are the body of Christ on this earth. We are the church. His desire is for each and every one of us to come to a place where we are progressing spiritually, going forward. We're created in his image and his likeness. Is that what's on display or is something else radiating out of you? Is something else flowing out of you or is it his image? What do you look like on the outside? Start asking yourself these questions. You know, if I, if I got, like, if I, this piano that's plugged in up here, right? When this piano was plugged in, there was, you didn't have to force the power to come to it. You just had to make sure the switch was on. There's no, it's not in our efforts. We're not forcing anything. When we're plugged into him, when the switch is on and that valve is open, that the power and everything can flow from him to us, from our spirit man, right out into our body, our physical body, through our mind, when that switch is turned on, it flows naturally. You don't have to force anything. When I plug a power appliance, something, an appliance into a, a socket and switch it on, the power starts flowing. I don't have to do anything else. Check your connection. If you're not happy with what you're producing, if, check your connection. You just have to be yielded to him to allow him to work through you. It's not you doing the work, church, it's him. So what must we do to stay connected? Through the same way we first con- that we first came to him, by faith. Stay connected by faith. Walk in faith. What is the expression of your faith? What is your faith producing in your life? That'll be a direct indication of what you're believing in. When you believe in the word, you'll start producing what the word is saying. Amen? Amen. Amen. Stay connected. Stay in a healthy place spiritually and you will keep progressing. And if, if, if you are at a place where you feel like, I don't have that desire right now, but I want that desire. You know, start praying and believe in God that, that desi- he's going to take those other desires from you and place a desire to know him more. Start seeking him out more. Spend more time in prayer. Spend more time reading his word. Spend more time, church, in communion with him, in relationship with him. And if it's the same as any worldly relationship, a spouse, a, a, you know, a child, a parent, anybody that you're close to, that relationship is not strong unless you see them, unless you're spending time with them, unless you're given to that relationship. And many of the times we put God on a shelf, we take him down when we want something. There's no relationship there, there's no intimacy there, and then we wonder why things aren't producing in our lives. Amen? Stay connected to him. Stay connected to him as your source. Amen? Are you blessed? Amen. Heavenly Father, we praise and we thank you. We thank you, Father Lord, for this time together. Oh Lord, we honor you this this evening, Lord, for, for who you are. We worship and we glorify your mighty name. Father, you alone are worthy. We love you, Lord. Thank you, Father, for this time of, of refreshing tonight from your spirit and from your word. Thank you, Father, for healing people, Lord. Oh, Lord, for touching people's lives this evening. People that were set free, delivered, Lord, from pain and sickness. Thank you, Father, for your word that went forth, Lord, that's planted the seeds in our hearts that's going to produce fruit and a harvest, Lord. It's going to produce good fruit because it was planted on good ground. Oh, Lord, we love you. We're so honored to spend this time with you, Lord. We're so honored to have direct access to your throne room. We do, oh, Jesus, you are our advocate. You are our intercessor. You are our mediator. We don't have to go through man. We don't have to go through somebody else to get to you, Lord. We have direct access to you, Father, through Jesus. We're so thankful tonight, Lord. We're so thankful. Oh, Lord, that you love us so much that you send your only son. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father, for the remainder of our week. Thank you, Father, for our protection everywhere we go. Angels, Father, Lord, are 
Oh, Lord, just keep us safe, Lord. You are like those. That's your spirit, Father, Lord, is just with us everywhere we go. Your presence never leaves us, never forsakes us. We love you, Lord. Help us, Lord, be ambassadors, to continue to be ambassadors for you. In everything that we do, we want to look more and more like you, Jesus. Oh, we desire to know you on a deeper level. So, Lord, we know, help us walk in love, Lord, to people around us. And help us to continue to walk in faith, Lord, the way we first believed. We want to be rooted, we want to be built up, and we want to be established in you. Thank you, Father, for... um, the opportunity to give this evening, Lord. We always have opportunities to give to you. Knowing, Father, Lord, that as we give in faith, Lord, in obedience and willingness towards you, out of love to you, Lord, not under compulsion or feeling forced to, Lord, but because we get to. We desire, Father, we desire to give to you, Father, because you have given everything to us. So we know, Father, that as we give in faith, it comes back to us, good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over, will it come back to us, Father? All our needs are met. You supply all of our needs according to your riches and glory in Christ Jesus. Every bill is paid. Every need is met, Lord, because our faith is in you. We're not self-sufficient. We're God-reliant. So because we're relying on you, Father, we're trusting in you, we give back to you what is yours. We honor you with our first fruits, Lord. And we take this opportunity to sow into your kingdom. Thank you, Father, Lord, that here at Island Church we are covered by your blood, we're empowered by your word, and we are anointed by the Holy Ghost. Amen. Amen. We are so glad you could join us for our latest message. We are located right in the center of the town, and we would love for you to call in and see us. Details are on our website at islandchurchdundalk.ie.